and welcome to My Favorite Theorem, a math podcast where we get mathematicians to tell us about theorems. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Evelyn Lamb. I'm a freelance math and science writer in Salt Lake City, Utah. And this is your other host. Hi, I'm Kevin Knudsen, professor of mathematics at the University of Florida. It's Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of did things in a weird order today. So there's this concert at um, the Utah Symphony that I wanted to go to, but I can't go tonight or tomorrow night, which are the only two nights they're doing it. Mm. But they had an open rehearsal today. So I went to a symphony concert this morning and now okay. I'm doing work tonight. So I, it's kind of a backwards day. Yeah. Well, I got up super early um, to meet with my financial advisor. Um, and, oh, yeah. aren't you adult? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do want to retire someday. Uh, got 20 years yet, but uh, you know, now it's nighttime and and my wife is watching Drag Race and I'm talking about math. So Cool. It, it's it, yeah. it, life is good. <laughs> yes. Well, we're we're very happy today to have Fawn win on the show. Hi Fawn, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, hi Evelyn. Hi Kevin. I was thinking what how nerdy can we be this Friday? Oh, <laughs> right? um, yeah. So my name is Fawn Nguyen. I teach at Mesa Union School in Somas, California, and it's about um, 60 miles north of L.A. Okay. And 30 miles south of Santa Barbara. Yeah. And uh, uh, I teach, it's a, the school I'm at is a K-8, through one school district uh, of about 600 students. Of those oh, wow. 600, about, yeah, about 190 of them are in the junior high, six to eight. But it's a unique one school district. So we're like a family. It's nice. It's my 16th year there and uh, but 27th overall. Okay. And where did you teach before then? I was in Oregon and I would teach actually um, a science teacher. Is your current place on the coast or is it a little more inland? coast yeah about uh, ten, 10 miles from the coast okay i think we have the perfect weather the best weather in the world so it's beautiful there and, yeah, it's really yeah. it's, it's, it's it's hard to complain yeah yeah, yeah. it's reflected in the mortgage or rent <laughs> <laughs> yeah right right <laughs> big time so yeah what theorem have you decided to share with us today you mean not everyone else chose the pythagorean theorem <laughs> it i mean it is yeah. a, a very good theorem <laughs> yeah I chose the Pythagorean theorem. Uh, I have some reasons. Uh, actually, I have five reasons. And, five. Uh, okay, good. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking that's a lot of reasons considering I don't have reason, you know, five reasons to do anything else. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Should I just uh, talk about um, my reasons? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Us, What's yeah. the first reason? Uh, jump right in. Well, actually, we should probably actually at least say what the Pythagorean theorem is. <laughs> I mean, it's a very familiar theorem and everyone should have heard about it in a middle school math class from a teacher as great as Fawn. Yep. Um, but yeah, this is, so can you summarize the theorem for well, us? Well, that's just it. Yeah. I, I chose it for one. It's the, it's the first and most obvious reason because I am at the middle school. And so this is a big one for us, if not the only one. And it's within my pay grade. I can wrap <laughs> my head around this one. Right? Um, yeah, it's on, uh, it's one of our eighth grade common core standards. And um, the theorem states that when you have a right triangle, the sum of the, the square of the two legs is equal to the square of the hypotenuse. Mm -hmm. How right. do I do, Kevin? That uh, that, well, yeah, that's perfect. In fact, today I was, it's, it just so happens that today um, I was looking through the 1847 uh, Oliver Byrne edition of Euclid's Elements. Um, ah. This sort of very famous one with the, the, the pictures with the, the, the colored shapes and all of that. 
And I just and I happened to look at that theorem uh, and the proof of it, which is really very nice. Yeah. 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 Um, so it, it being, you know, the, the middle school one for us and also um, when I talk about my students doing this theorem, I just want to make sure that uh, you understand that I no longer teach eighth grade, though. This is the first year actually at Mesa, and I've been there 16 years, that I do not get eighth graders. I'm teaching sixth graders. So but so when I refer to the lessons, I just want to make sure that you understand this, my former students. Okay. And, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, and once upon a time, we trapped um, our eighth graders at Mesa. So we had a geometry class for the eighth graders. And so, of course, um, we study the Pythagorean theorem then. So you have reasons. I have reasons. So <laughs> that was the first reason. It's a big one because, yeah. The second reason is there are so many proofs for this theorem. Right? Mm -hmm. It's mainly algebraic or geometri geometric proofs, but it's more than any other theorem. So it's very well known. And, you know, if you ever Google, you get plenty of, of different proofs. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to look this up, but there was a book published in 1940 that already had uh, 370 proofs in it. Yeah. Yeah. Even one of our presents, I don't know if you know this, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, there's a little nice trivia for the students. Um, yeah. yeah. One of our presidents, uh, Garfield, submitted a proof back in 1800s-18-something. Yeah, and he yeah. used tra trapezoids to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, he was still in Congress at the time. I think the story is that, uh, you know, the, he was in the House of Representatives and, like, it was sort of slow on the floor that day and he figured out this <laughs> proof, right? <laughs> Yay. Uh, and then uh, people continue to submit. And uh, the latest one that I know was uh, just over a year ago, back in November 2017, was submitted um, that's the latest one I know. Oh, Maybe nice. There was one just submitted two hours ago. Who knows? But, um, <laughs> yeah. And um, his was rearranging the the A squared and B squared, the smaller squares, into a parallelogram. So I thought that was oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And um, what's interesting is Pythagoras, even though it's Pythagorean theorem, he was given credit for it, but it was known long before him. And um, I guess there's evidence to suggest that was um, by developed by a, a Hindu mathematician around 800 BC. Okay. And and Pythagoras was what 500 something. Something like that. Yeah. yeah something like that. Yeah. And he, but he was the first. Um, I guess he got credit because he was the first to submit a proof. He wasn't just talking about it. I guess it was official. It's a formal proof. And his was rearrangement. And I think that's a diagram that a lot of us see and the kids see it. Um, it's the one where you got the big the big C square in the middle with the four right triangles around it, uh, four congruent right triangles. Yeah. And then just by rearranging um, that big C squared became two smaller squares, your A squared and B squared. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that it was known by uh, or... I, you know, I'm, I'm not a math historian. I don't want to make up too much history today. Um, but I, I think it, it has been known by a lot of, of different um, like people, even as far back as Egyptians and Babylonians and things, but maybe not you know, kind of maybe not presented as like a, a mathematical theorem in the, in the same kind of way that we might think about theorems now. But yeah, I think this is one of these things that like pretty much every human culture kind of comes up with figuring out that this is true, this relationship. Yeah, I think recently wasn't, or last year, um, there's this Babylonian tablet. And I remember seeing it on Twitter or something, there was some controversy about 
Uh, someone claimed that this proved that the that the Babylonians knew all kinds of stuff, but really, well, they, they definitely just, knew Pythagorean triples. Yeah, they knew but, lots of triples. Maybe you wrote right, about this, Evelyn. Right. I, I, I think, did write about that, it. Okay, but good. I, but we won't derail it this way. <laughs> we can put a link to that. I'll get too right. too bothered. <laughs> yeah. no, I, but, now that you brought up Pythagorean triples, you know how many do you know? You know, it's like how yeah. many of those get the kids to figure out. Um, of course, including Einstein in, uh, submitted a proof, and uh, I thought it was funny that uh, people consider Einstein's proof to be the most elegant. And I'm thinking, well, duh, it's Einstein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 no, no, just, yeah, his, and I guess I would have to agree, because his, there were a lot of rearrangements in the proofs, but Einstein, you know, it's like, yeah, I don't need no stinking rearrangement. It's just, just um, so he just stay, he stayed with the right triangle, and what he did was he draw in the altitude from from the ninety degree angle to the hypotenuse, and using similar triangles. And so there was no rearrangement. He simply made um, the one triangle into by drawing in that in that altitude. He got himself three similar triangles. And um, yeah, and then he drew squares off of the hypotenuse of each one of those triangles mm -hmm. and then wrote, you know, just wrote up an equation. And OK, now we're just going to divide um, everything by the by a factor, because uh, the, the one that was drawn in, you just divide out the triangle, then you just you end up with a squared plus b squared plus c squared. It's hard to do without the, the image of it. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it is really a lovely one. Yeah. And um, this is something I didn't know, and it was interesting. I didn't know this until I was teaching it to my eighth graders, and uh, I learned that, I mean, normally we just see those squares coming off of the right triangle, and then uh, I guess one of the high school students, we were using geometry sketchpad at the time, and one of the high school students uh, made an animated sketch of the Pythagorean theorem, and, you know, he was literally drawing Harry Potter coming off of the three three sides and you know and i just always oh, said yeah yeah you don't have to have squares as long as there's similar figures right mm -hmm. coming mm -hmm. off the edges that mm -hmm. would be fine so that was, that was fun to do yeah so i had my kids just draw circles so that they it's just anything but a square coming off of the sides we drew other stuff yeah well now i'm trying to uh, my brain just went to harry potter noose yeah. oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that was that's a good one. <laughs> so I I had forgotten when I actually learned this in life. You know, it's it's one of those things that you internalize so much that that you can't remember what stage of your education you actually learned it in. So this is this is yeah. an actual Common Core eighth grade standard. Yes, yes, in the, in the eighth grade, yeah. I. I I grew up before the Common Core, so I don't I don't really remember when we learned this, but uh... I don't know. Yeah, prior to Common Core, I you know it was in I was teaching it in geometry, and I don't think it was it wasn't in algebra. You know, prior sure. to uh, these things, we had the algebra and then the geometry. So, yeah, my third reason I'm actually keeping track, right? So that was the second <laughs> lots of, okay. lots of proofs. So the third reason I love the Pythagorean theorem is. One fine day, it led me to ask one of the best questions I'd asked of my geometry students. I said to them, I wonder if you know how to graph an irrational number on the number line. I mean, the current eighth grade math standard is for the kids to approximate where the, an irrational number is on the number line. That's mm. the extent of the, the standard. So I went further and just asked my kids to locate it exactly. 
you know, what oh, the heck. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, and I actually wrote a blog post about it because it was one of those magical lessons where you didn't want the class to end. And um, so I titled the post, the question was mine, but the answer was all his. And so I just threw it out to the class. I began with just, hey, um, where would, where can we find, how do you construct square root of seven on the number line? And so, you know, they, they did their usual struggle and just playing around with it. But one of the kids, um, towards the end of class, he got it. He, he came up with a solution. And um, I think when I saw it and hear him explain it, and then it's like, it made me tear up because it's like so beautiful. Mm. And I'm so glad I, because it was not, you know, a standard at all. And it was just something at the spur of the moment I wanted to know because we've been working a lot with the Pythagorean theorem. And um, yeah, so what he did was he drew uh, two concentric circles of um, one with radius three and one radius four on the coordinate plane. And the center is at um, zero, zero. Okay, if you can imagine two concentric circles. And uh, then he drew in y equals negative three, mm-hmm. a line y equals negative three. And then he drew a per- line perpendicular to that line, that horizontal line, um, so that it intersects the, right, perpendicular to the horizontal line at negative three and it intersects the larger circle, the, the one with radius mm-hmm. four. Okay. So eventually what he did was he created, yeah, so that if uh, you go, f- so you would have a right triangle created uh, from the, with uh, one of the corners at zero, zero, and the triangle would have uh, legs of, um, the hypotenuse would be, what, four? The hypotenuse mm-hmm. is four. Uh-huh. One of the legs is three, and the other leg must oh. be root, root seven. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's just it's so that so is beautiful. Very clever. Yeah, it really was, and it's just so. Yeah. So every time I think about the Pythagorean thing, I think back of that lesson, and the yeah. kids really try. And then from root seven, we try other roots, and we had a great time, and continue to the next day. So, but. Oh, nice. I, I really like that. That brought a big smile to my face. Yeah. The fourth reason I love the Pythagorean theorem is always makes me think of Fermat's last theorem. Mm. You know, it was familiar, similar enough, uh, where it states that no three positive integers, A, B, and C, can uh, satisfy the equation of what? A to the nth power plus B to the nth power equals C to the nth power. So for any integer value of n greater than 2. So it works for the Pythagorean theorem, but yeah, any integer, any exponent greater than two would work. So I, I and I love whenever I can. I, I love the history, mathematics, and whatever. I try to bring that in with the kids. So I read the book on the Fermat's Last Theorem, and I kind of bring it into the students for them to realize, oh my gosh, this man Andrew Wiles, who solved um, who solved it, and it, you know it's it's over three hundred years old theorem, and uh, and yeah, and for him to to first learn about the theorem or uh, when he was 10, and then to spend his life devoted to it. I mean, I can't think of a more beautiful love story than that. You know? and, and yeah, so bring that in the kids. And uh, I actually show them the first 10 minutes of the documentary by BBC uh, um, on Andrew Wiles. And uh, just right when he tears up and, you know, I, I cannot stop tearing up at the same time because it, it, I don't know. It's just oh, it's that kind of dedication and perseverance, right? It, it's it's some it's it's magical, and and it's what mathematicians do, and so I, I you know I hopefully that supports what I always believe you know all this uh, productive struggle and just for the love for mathematics, so. 
kind of get all geeky on the kids. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, that is yeah. a lovely documentary. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. All right. My fifth and final reason for loving this theorem is uh, Pythagoras himself. Oh, what a nut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say he was one weird dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he was a mathematician, a philosopher, astronomer, and who knows what else. But And, and the whole mystery wrapped up in the Pythagorean school, right? He has all these uh, students and devotees. It's, it's, you know, I don't know. It's like a cult. It really is like a cult because they had a strict diet, their clothing, their behaviors a certain way. They couldn't eat meat or beans, I heard. Yeah. I find, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and something about farting. And <laughs> they, they believe that they believe that each time you, know, you pass gas, that you, a part of your soul was gone. So I don't know. <laughs> so okay. yeah, that's pretty dire for a lot right? of us, I think. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and what's remarkable also was it, the very theorem that he's named, you know, that's um, where um, I guess one of his students, I don't remember the, recall his name, but apparently he he discovered, you know, the, um, the hypotenuse of root two on the simple one by one isosceles triangle and root two. And what did that do to him? I, uh, the story goes he, he was thrown overboard and, uh, you know, for, for speaking up. I said, hey, there might be this... Uh, this possibility. So that's always fun, right? Death, death and <laughs> yeah. mathematics, right? Dire consequences. Yeah, <laughs> right, your, right. Your students, a good gory story to right, yeah. go with it. Yeah. Always like that. Yeah. But, um, but it's the start of irrational numbers. And of course, um, uh, the Greek geometry about um, that, that this mathematics is continuous and, and, um, and not as discrete as they had thought. So well, it, and it is an interesting irony then that the Pythagorean theorem is one really easy way to generate examples of irrational numbers where you find rational sides and a whole lot of them give you irrational hypotenuses. Yes, and then, yes. You know, this theorem is the downfall of, uh, of this idea <laughs> that all numbers must be rational. Right. And, and I mean, the whole cult, I mean, that, that's what uh, th that revelation just completely, um, you know, turned their their belief upside down, their, their mathematical world at that time upside down. It jeopardized and just humiliated their their um, their thinking and uh, their entire belief system. So uh, I was just can just imagine, you know, at that time what that that did. But so I don't know if any modern story that has that kind of equivalent. Yeah, no one really based their religion on for Maslow's theorem being untrue yeah. or, or something yeah. like this. Right, right, uh, right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's, I, I like, I like all of your reasons. Um, and you. you've, yeah. you've touched on some really great, like, I will definitely share some links to some of those uh, proofs of the Pythagorean theorem you mentioned. Um, so another part of this podcast is that we ask our guests to pair their theorem with something. Um, so what have you chosen for your pairing? I chose football. Okay. Okay. All right. I chose football. It's, it's my love. I love all things football. And the reason I chose football is simply because of this one video. And I don't know if you've seen it. I don't know if anyone's mentioned it, but I think a lot of geometry teachers may have shown it. Um, it's by Benjamin Watson uh, doing a touchdown saving tackle. 
So again, his name is Benjamin Watson. I don't know how many years ago this was, but he is a tight end for the New England Patriots. So what happened was he came out of nowhere. Well, there was an interception. So he came out of nowhere to stop a potential pick six at the one yard line. I mean, it's the most beautiful thing. Oh, wow. right. And so, yeah. And so if you look at that clip, even the coach say it's something to remember for the rest, you know, anybody who sees it for the rest of their life, just because it just, he never gave up, obviously. But, you know, it's the whole point. He, he ran the diagonal of the field is what happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. The guy who, so who got caught the hypotenuse. The, <laughs> the hypotenuse going. Yeah. You know, still the shortest distance is still that straight line and, and he never gave up. But, oh, just, just I mean. Uh, yeah, just, I mean, this guy ran the whole way, almost like 90 yards, whatever he needed from, from the very one end to the other. And, you know, and he, yeah, no one saw um, ben Watson coming just because we say literally out of nowhere. Didn't expect yeah. it. So, yeah. and, and the camera, what's, what's cool is, you know, the camera is just, you know, watching the, the runner, right? Just following the runner. Mm-hmm. And so the sure. camera didn't see it either until later. <laughs> yeah, later when they d- did film. Yeah, they zoomed out and said, oh, my God, that's where he was coming from. Just, yeah, in the the other hypotenuse, over the other end of the hypotenuse. Yeah. But I pair everything. Every mathematics activity I do, I try to pair it with a, a nice Cabernet. How's that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not, not during school, I hope. Yeah. No, absolutely not. No. It, don't share it with your students. No, but no, no, no. no. I'm, I'm a one-glass drinker anyway. I'm, I'm very, very lightweight. I talk about drinking, but I'm like a wuss. I'm, I'm that Asian, <laughs> Asian flush. <laughs> so, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so... Um, my I'm I'm not really a football person, but my husband is a Patriots fan. And I must admit, I'm a little disappointed that you picked an example with the Patriots because he already has a big enough head about <laughs> how good the yeah. Patriots are. Yeah. Um, oh. And I I take a lot of joy in them not doing well, which unfortunately doesn't happen never very happens. much these yeah, days. Right. Yeah. Um, there are certain recent uh, Super Bowls that I am not allowed to talk about. Oh, uh, okay. I can think of one in particular, yeah. Sure. Yeah, there there are a few, mm-hmm. um, but I'll say no more. And now I'm just going to say it on this podcast that will be publicly available, and um, I'll, I'll instruct him not to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, my new favorite uh, team, actually, pro, well, uh, college is or Ducks, of course, but college is, is, I mean, pro, it'd be Dallas Cowboys, just because my oh. that's, that's who my favorite uh, favorite team from my fiance. So uh, we actually, uh, yeah, for Christmas, I, uh, for Christmas, this right past, this past Christmas, I gave him that gift. We flew to Dallas to watch a Cowboys game. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yes. I know. We might have that. been in, in Dallas around the same time. So I grew up in Dallas. Oh. Um, yeah. And so if I were a football fan, that would be my team because I definitely have a strong association with Dallas Cowboys and my dad being in a good mood. Yeah. Um, oh. So there growing we go. up, it was definitely, uh, and I grew up in, in the um, Troy Aikman era. So luckily okay. the Cowboys yeah. did well a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're, they're doing well this year too. So the Saturday, Saturday big game, right? Is it? Yeah. I feel old. So when I was growing up, I used to actually, I loved pro football growing up, and I've sort of lost interest now, but um, growing up in the 70s, uh, it was either, you were either a Cowboys fan or a Steelers fan, and that was the big uh, rivalry. Yeah. I was I was not a Cowboys fan, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> <laughs> I never was either until, yeah. 
No, I, 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 I was born in Wisconsin and my mother grew up there, so I'm contractually obligated to be a Green right. Bay fan. Right. I mean, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm not allowed to do anything else. <laughs> well, it's very, it's very good hearted, big hearted of you, Fawn, to support your fiance's team. Um, yeah. I admire that. I, unfortunately, I'm not that good a person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I definitely benefit because, yeah, the stadium, what an experience at AT&T Stadium. Amazing. Yeah, it is quite something. Uh, we went to a game um, for my late grandfather's birthday a few years before he passed away. Um, uh, my cousins, my husband and I, my dad and uncle, a ton of people went to a game there. And that was our, our first game at that stadium. Um, and yeah, that is quite an experience. Um, like I just, I don't even understand how, like the screen that they've got so you can watch the game bigger than the game is, is yeah. like the biggest screen I've ever seen in my life. I, I don't even understand how it Same works. here. Yeah, same <laughs> here. It's huge. And yet yeah. somehow the camera, when you watch the game on television, that screen's not there. And then realize, yeah. oh, it's really, it's really high up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, we learned some stuff, right? Yeah. And, yes. and, uh, and this has been great fun. Thanks yeah, for, uh... we we want to make sure to to oh, plug yeah, right. your stuff. So so Fawn is active on Twitter. You can find her. At, what is your handle? A uh, Fawn P Win. Okay. Yeah. So my middle initial, yeah, Fawn P Win. Mm -hmm. And and Win is is spelled N G U Y E N. Very good. That... Yes. Okay. Um, and you also have a blog. Uh, what's the title of that? Uh, Fawnwin dot com. Okay. Yeah, and very that's, original. That's, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just lovely. Your writing on there is is so lovely, and it, um, yeah, it's just such a human picture. Like you really you when you read that, you really see the the feeling you have for your students and everything, and it's really beautiful. Thank you. They are my love. And I just want to say, Evelyn, when you asked me to do this, and I, I was freaking out. I'm like, God, you know, you, you're my, I was like, oh, God, Evelyn, the math queen. Um, I mean, I was thinking, God, can you ask me to do something else? Like wash your windows? Make you some fall? Wait, 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 we could have had fall? Oh. <laughs> you could have had fun, yeah. Because like, this was terrifying, but um, you know, it's a, it's a joy. Pythagorean theorem. I I can take on this one, and because it's just so much fun. I mean, I'm I've been in the classroom for a long time, but I don't see myself leaving it anytime soon. Because yeah, I I don't know what else I would be doing. Because this is my love. My Good. Love is well, to be yeah, with the kids. Um... Yeah. Bless you. It's hard work. My sister-in-law teaches eighth grade math in uh, in suburban Atlanta, and I, I know how hard she works too. It's it's really yeah. we're really saints. I, I say yeah. Yeah, we're just you are. Saints, you are. It's, right? a it's a real challenge. I mean, in middle school especially because you know yeah. the, the, the material right, is right. difficult enough, and then you're dealing with all these raging hormones, and it's really it's it's a challenge. I, yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining the joining us. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Paul. Thank you so much for asking me. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to My Favorite Theorem, hosted by Kevin Knudsen and Evelyn Mann. The music you're hearing is a piece called Fractalia, a percussion quartet performed by four high school students from Gainesville, Florida. They are Blake Crawford, Gus Knudsen, Del Mitchell, and Bao Chan Wen. You can find more information about the mathematicians and theorems featured in this podcast, along with other delightful mathematical treats, at Kevin's website, kpknudsen.com, and Evelyn's blog, Roots of Unity, on the Scientific American Blog Network. We 
love to hear from our listeners, so please drop us a line at myfavoritetheorem at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Kevin's handle on Twitter is at NivikNazdunk, that's Kevin spelled backwards, followed by Knudsen spelled backwards, and Evelyn's is at Evelyn J. Lamb. The show itself also has a Twitter feed. The handle is M-Y-F-A-V-E-T-H-M, that's at MyFavoritetheorem. Join us next time to learn another fascinating piece of mathematics.